Welcome to Spoiler Talk. I am your host, Judge Spoiler. Today we are going to be talking Spoiler Wars, The Force Spoils. Now, if you haven't gotten the hint, this is the hero talk on The Force Awakens, and this is a spoiler podcast, alright? We are warning you way up front on this one, spoilers are coming. So you have until I'm done counting down to get off this podcast before they start flying in 3, 2, 1. Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren is Han and Leia's son who turned on Luke and turned to the dark side. <laughs> All right. I warned you. I warned every one of you. Scattershot. All right. So joining me today, I have uh, an all-star, eclectic, full house on Hero Talk. I'm just going to name you all off in no particular order. I have Jeff from Point Streak. I got Nick from Behind the Line. I got Goose from Basically Everything Else. And I got Tony, a staple of everything on Enthusiax. Guys, welcome to the Star Wars edition of Hero Talk. Hey. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. All right. So as we said, today's podcast is The Force Awakens, a movie that I managed to get to the theater to see, which is an accomplishment on par with a space shuttle launch these days, I'll tell you. And you're especially lucky today, Hero Talkians. No, I still don't like that. You're especially lucky today, Enthusiacs, because I did not want to see Star Wars The Force Awakens, and I managed to get to the theater and saw it. I would have rather seen Concussion. I really wanted to see Concussion, but I saw this. Why? For you, and for the inevitable hits that this will bring to my podcast when I hit on such a, a hot topic. So, pick your poison. Anyway, we are going to be talking The Force Awakens. I... Okay, so I'm not really a big Star Wars fan. I mean, I'm not anti-Star Wars. So you get those people who are like, oh, I didn't do Star Wars. No, I'm fine. I watched all the movies. Uh, I've seen the original trilogy more than once. And I'm pretty sure somewhere I have the VHS <laughs> of the original cuts somewhere. I don't believe I have anything that could play it, but I have them. So, I mean, I would consider myself a, a relatively decent Star Wars fan in that uh, Star Wars the movies. I'm not really a fan of the whole expanded lore and everything that came with it. Unfortunately, Disney flushed a whole bunch of that for me, so it made it a little easier for me to come into this. But uh, didn't that being said, right? yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be super easy on the film just for the sake of nostalgia. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this film at face value, and it's going to have to stand up on its own. Uh, and so if, if you're like one of those people who just can't hear criticism of Star Wars, uh, now is the time to log off and go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. <laughs> and that being said, uh, I thought this was a, a decent movie. I mean, it's it's not the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen, but it's absolutely not the worst. It's probably number three on and and out of all six. So I know that's that's on the forward part of the bell curve. I mean, it's heads and shoulders above episodes one, two, and three, and even Jedi. I really hated Jedi. So I, if I was a big Star Wars fan, this movie would probably be one of the greatest things I've seen in my adult life. Being kind of a meh Star Wars fan, this movie was kind of one of the meh things I've seen in my adult life. But uh, all right, so that's enough for me. Uh, we'll start with uh, Jeff. I don't. What did what did you think? Are you with me well, or I, did you? Love I, I am. I, I'm actually going to be an interesting case. Then I am a huge. Star Wars fan. Uh, died in the okay. wall. Love it. Just didn't like the prequels. Uh, and this movie was pretty underwhelming to me as a huge Star Wars fan. I uh, found it uh, a de decent is about as as far as I'd go. Uh, la lazy, um, 
lot of the stuff that I was worried J.J. Abrams would bring to the table as J.J. Abrams happened, unfortunately, because he can't help himself. Um, I don't I don't really think Disney's to blame necessarily. They're just the dollars behind it. Uh, but yeah, I, I was pretty underwhelmed, and I, uh, I, I'm i not interested in, in waiting uh, two and three films for this film to, you know, be feel like a decent film to me. I'd rather that it was able to stand on its own, and I don't think that it does, and it was uh, pretty underwhelming overall for me. Oh, all right. So uh, just to kind of offset offs a little bit, I'm going to cherry pick my next question. And Goose, <laughs> what did you think of Star Wars The Force Awakens? I thought The Force Awakens was a good movie, but honestly, I think they were a little too safe. They were a little too focused on nostalgia. In my opinion, now, yes, I love the movie, but I'm willing to admit at least 50% of that was simply the nostalgia for the old Star Wars. And I feel like, going back to what Jeff said, it feels like you're going to have to wait until Episode 8 and 9 come out before you actually have a full movie. Whereas, for example, A New Hope was a complete story. If that was the only one you saw, you had a good beginning, middle, and end. And it didn't basically feel like they were holding a sign to be continued. Right. Yeah. I Was anyone else a little disappointed that at the end of The Force Awakens, Chewie still doesn't have a medal? <laughs> like, can we not just get him a medal? I mean, I mean he could have had a purple done... heart, too, by now, really? Yeah, I mean, he got injured. Hey, this poor guy, no respect. All right, uh, Tony, you saw it last night. What'd you think? Um, well, I, I'm probably I'm more in line with, uh, with Goose. Kind of like you, though, I'm not, like, a huge, huge fan. I definitely enjoy the movies. Um, I, I never went into the expanded universe all that much, but I did enjoy the movies, um, and I enjoyed this one, but uh, kind of the same criticisms that Goose had, uh, I think what he said, playing it safe was, uh, it's a good way to kind of sum it up, and there was a lot of nostalgia, and not only that, the humor that they kind of played into it was kind of, I don't know how you want to say it, like, it, it was today's humor, which I don't feel like fits the Star Wars movie, like, they tried to make it fit that's into the Star Wars point. universe, which... No, that's... I, I picked up on that, too, and there was a, especially with Finn's character, yes. he would oftentimes, uh, use like modern slang and, and 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 you know just almost like for comic relief but things that not that i understand it's fiction but i'm sitting there looking like w- would a stormtrooper really have any kind of access to that sort of whatever media would teach you just talk like that right, like, exactly yeah. yeah that's that's exactly kind of what kind of threw me off about it especially watching it the second time that stood out to me a lot more but uh again i i enjoyed the movie i thought it was fun i mean if again, i hope so you saw it twice yes i did i saw it uh last weekend and then this weekend or last night i should say so it's it's still yeah. fresh but it's i mean to sum it up yeah it was a good movie it was it's definitely not without its flaws but as for someone that's not a huge huge fan maybe like jeff is i found it enjoyable i thought it was a good time okay and nick uh we'll we'll end with you what did you think <laughs> well uh just to identify my level of fandom uh i have watched all of the movies to date i've read one or two of the novels i know who thrawn is and i played a, a good handful of the games uh right. All that said, um, I found this to be a completely adequate Star Wars film. It felt like Star Wars. Um, it really... That's that's the best review I think we had. When we want to put the quotes up from enthusiasts as to what we thought of the movie, completely adequate. Uh, yes. Um, well, I mean that that's what you that that's what you have to say for it. I mean, yeah, there was some some weird like some of the dialogue might have felt a little anachronistic for the Star Wars universe or those stormtroopers. Maybe they have space Hulu now or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just ripping lines off from Team Four Star. Anyhow, 
Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff. I saw it about a week ago, and walking out of it, I'm like, yeah, it was all right. Um, there's a, a number of strange uh, decisions made. Um, I'm not fond. There, there was a number of just really convenient things, like uh, Luke's rather Anakin's old lightsaber showing up again, how it got there. Uh, a lot of really convenient things. I'll yeah. Say, like, getting like, picked. Oh, good thing you were here. Good thing we found you now. Good thing you guys showed up. Good thing this was here. Good thing that was here. Yeah. Good thing R2 just woke up. Yeah, like. exactly. And um, yeah. like uh, Jeff said, it's uh, it, it's not too good to, to leave it thinking, well, this might make sense after another movie or something like that. I got really sick of that with all the way back with The Matrix when they started splitting one movie into two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, we've we've all given this movie a resounding meh. Uh, some some a meh plus, but a meh. Uh, I mean, it, it it was a low bar, if we're being perfectly honest. Like, for a Star Wars movie, you yeah. don't have to go out there and produce, you know, Casablanca. Yeah. You you basically, after the episodes one, two, and three, as long as you went out there and you presented three cohesive acts, you, you basically had, I mean, just filming on location probably made this uh, a happy movie for more people than, than not. I, I think the low bar is exactly why you see all these triumphant reviews and uh <laughs> i mean look at, at to, to steal a tom cruise line like a nutless monkey could have made a better film than, than the previous <laughs> and that's, i think that's, that was that's a better true. movie than this one <laughs> and that and yeah. that while that may be true i i don't feel the least bit bad having high expectations star wars and having high expectations of just a film that i want to enjoy in general and it uh it didn't really hit the mark on either count uh, i don't see and, how it could have yeah. missed this movie was basically star wars one two and three all in one (laughs) or rather you know episodes four five and six yeah i gotta i mean like listen when when the characters on the screen are basically making the same remarks i'm thinking like is that another death star Uh, well how do we blow it up yeah, like how, basically, how like, how, all right, how, there's there's obviously a way to blow it up, so just let's figure out what it is. I'm like, yeah. How about one of the funniest and yet most poignant lines in the whole film? That's not how the Force works. That that one had me in stitches and thinking, like, <laughs> wow, are they not are they not self aware enough to know that while hilarious, that line is like half. That, that, wow. Anyway, I was floored. <laughs> that could have been the review right there. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, not not how that's not how the Force. Works. Yeah, I was. I thought it was even funny, like right at the very end when you know what's his name uh poe is that his name yeah poe dameron yeah the pilot i'm i'm gonna poe dameron all right i just found him when, when poe was 2.0 yeah yeah exactly <laughs> wedge 2.0 was making his final run into the into the whatever the exhaust shaft that he had to throw the the, the oscillator the, the convenient blow up the death star thing and I'm not calling it what it was called. It's a Death Star. You can make it a big planet if you want. It's it's a circular spherical asteroid thing with a big cannon on it. It's a Death Star. All right. You just made a big Death Star. You can show me the little Death Star next to the big Death Star all you want and say, see, they're different. No, it's a Death Star. She's gone from suck to blow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you have to suspend your. You know, you have to. You know, suspend your. What is what is that saying? Suspend your. Suspend, uh, your suspend disbelief. disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit in this movie. Just a little bit. Even more I so think- than the original. Original trilogy. I'm yeah. just a little. They they asked a lot of me, but yeah. Um, anyway, so I saw Poe making like what was almost a trench run to get into the oscillator. I'm like they seriously, they're ending it with a trench run. You know, like, I if actually the shows up and shoots the guy off his back. <laughs> I'm out. I, right, I, I gotta out. say, I don't mind the trench run itself. What really put it over for me there was when you get the shot inside the trench and they have lasers inside the trench. There's no reason yeah. for that. No, other than because we wanted to prepare for a, a trench shot, run. For shot remake of yeah. New Hope. 
All right, so let's let's start talking about the cast, and I guess we'll start with the new, and then we'll go to the old, both figuratively and literally. Uh, so first of all, I'm going to start with with Kylo Ren. Uh, he is our villain, played by Adam Driver, and I I think I would be happy if for the rest of the series Kylo Ren never takes the helmet off again. Uh, I, I liked like him they, much better with the helmet. On. He takes it off. I'm like, I feel like they did that helmet reveal way too early. It would have had much more of an impact on the film if they had waited until the scene on the bridge when he tells him to take off the helmet. Because up until then, we might we wouldn't have known what was under the helmet. But yeah. instead, he didn't know he looked like a weenie. Yeah, before and, then. instead they just do it whenever she she because she. He makes a statement, oh, I'm being hunted by a guy in a mask. He takes it off. I'm like, no, apparently you're being hunted by young Severus Snape. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, he didn't, I would have really appreciated if they had like dark sided his face up a little bit or something yeah. because he just, he just looked doofy. Considering I, I, the how, what, oh, sorry, Nick. Uh, one, one of the things that you could say about him taking the mask off is that it humanizes him possibly too much. Mm. And that's like, it, you know, it, it exposes him. And uh, it, I think it would, I think it would carry more weight if he took his mask off when being confronted by Han on the bridge, uh, because that would be like representing his, you know, the light side tugging at him. And then, you know, he kills Han and puts the mask back on. And that's pretty much the last you see of it. Unless, yeah. of course, somewhere in the fight with um, Ray, he got marked up. And so and then he keeps the mask on to hide or to, yeah. to protect wounds on his face. Um, but uh, I, I kind of feel like... Um, Showing the showing his face, showing his own insecurities, it kind of plays to what they're trying to do. Like you, you, there are some uh, comparisons that uh, Kylo Ren is basically what Anakin Skywalker should have been. He's just kind of like angsty and immature, a lot of yeah. impotent yeah. rage. It, it, going it felt on. like they stood there and they thought, like, how can we make a character even whinier than Anakin Skywalker? <laughs> <laughs> well, they did, and they did, yeah. and they succeeded fully and completely. And but, it's funny because but not like softer than sand and. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, we haven't seen the rest of the movies yeah. in the series yet. Let's let's hold off on that for the uh, the inevitable love triangle. That's true. That was in the second movie. That line. <laughs> we'll just wait. I don't like sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. Right. Well, okay. if I could argue the other point though is that as far as him taking off the helmet too early is that I mean you see him kind of have you see him have that first temper change from where he's kind of going off on the the screen you know the screen consoles. Those probably aren't cheap. Either. Yeah, they're not. But the thing is, is it's like okay, he's obviously he's he can't control himself. He's obviously got, he has to be an adolescent. So I think taking off the helmet kind of, you know, plays into, oh yeah, he's a, he's a young guy. And as you hear later on, his training isn't necessarily complete. Um, mm-hmm. He's not fully trained. He just, he, he has power that he doesn't really understand how to control fully. Even though you see, yeah. he can, he can do some pretty interesting stuff with it. Like stopping that bolt at the very beginning of the movie. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he can control the power, but yeah, he, he definitely looks kind of young, but I, I think we can all agree as a, he was, he's definitely, supposed to be the villain of the movie he he doesn't do that like i'm not really scared of him you know like he doesn't he doesn't scare me like the first time you see vader you know even without an intimidating presence at all no No. not at all i mean vader's scary vader just shows up kills a dude and walks out like that was tuesday come to one of my biggest uh, problems with the film tony is that in the marketing you could tell not only were they trying to like pass this guy off as a huge badass and the villain uh, and yet from the very start of the movie from the moment that poe is captured they are under 
undermining him. Poe's laughing in his face. Uh, he, he's being a whiny bitch uh, l- later in the film. He's smashing stuff up. He's, he's getting his ass handed to him by someone who's never used the Force before. Like, by the end of the film, yeah. you might hate him for what he's done, if you, if you cared at that point. See, but you don't <laughs> fear him at all. And it, this is supposed to be a Star Wars film, and right. the, the main See, villain is yeah. someone you're not the least intimidated by. Right. My thing is, is I'm fine with him kind of building his arc into he's, he's not really as intimidating at first, and then because of what happens to him in the events of the movie, he has like a reason to hate, you know, Ray and whoever in the white side and everything. Like he really has a reason to hate them and become stronger and, you know, really develop his powers. But for a movie that's really supposed to kind of bring in a new generation and revitalize the old, like he's just not, I don't, it was, it was a very weird and interesting decision. Yes. They're yeah. trying, like you said, they're, you know, they're trying to build up for the later movies, but for this very first intro, like he's just not a, he's not a, a, a sinister character. Yeah, even whenever he was talking to, like, Palpatine 2.0 and the guy interrupts him, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, if this were Vader, you'd be choking right now. <laughs> yeah, he let Hux yeah. get away with a lot of challenging of him. All right, so we're going to just jump over Hux for a moment here, and let's talk about uh, Supreme Leader Snoke, played by a uh, veteran of motion capture, Andy Serkis. Uh, I feel like this is a guy we probably, if he's as powerful and as influential as he is, enough so to resurrect the, the, the Empire as the First Order, we maybe should have heard some inklings of this guy up until now, but he shows up and it's this weird alien dude who, uh, I don't know, is he is he dark side? He kind of seems like he might be. I don't know if he's really the dark side or he just is trying to turn Kylo Ren to the dark side because he knows he's got that in him. I It was... Uh, I, with with the the emperor, you sort of knew what you were getting and you got it. But with this guy, I'm just like he's just. I don't even know if he's really that big a dude or if he just likes big projectors. You know, I mean, it's. <laughs> I I just I wasn't feeling him, and he just no. felt like like I'm I'm the emperor in this movie. Yeah, well, I'm not. But buying. seeing so the thing with Snoke was that I mean the first time you see him, I think we can all agree the first time you saw him, like he you know when you didn't know he was a projection, was that he looked oh he looked pretty intimidating for being that giant. Like you really haven't seen anything like that in the previous movies that big that was supposed to be a main character whether an antagonist or protagonist you've never seen that before so I felt like that would have been intimidating but then you learn it's a it's a hologram it's a projection so you have to assume he's probably embellishing just a little bit if anything on his side so Freud would have a lot of stuff to say about that <laughs> well to be fair I mean even the first time you see the emperor's projection it's it's significantly oversized as well that might be what they were trying to call back on there yeah yeah oh that's right because the first time it was just a big giant floor head. Yeah. Yes, the Emperor was yep. the big giant head. Right, but this time you're supposed I, to, see, like, when you see him, though, it uh, at least to me, it looked like you're seeing somebody sitting in a chair. It wasn't just the head. It was somebody, it looked like almost a behemoth sitting in a chair. So yeah, that's what he looked I like just a big was. giant dude. Yeah. Alright, so before we, we go too further on with the cast here, I just want to kind of bring up, let's just talk about the First Order in general now. They seem like they have an awful lot of influence and power and, inf- and basically a pretty formidable force for Resources. What's supposed to be, yeah, what's supposed to be uh, the the remnants of of the empire, which is, I mean, doesn't exist anymore. They're, they they say that the republic is back. Although at this point, if the republic's back, I don't see how the people opposing the first order can still be called the resistance. Like, aren't you basically just the army at that at that stage? I don't know. I, I think the idea is that the resistance was essentially a private army that was backed. Like, like a third-party army. That's the impression uh, I got. Yeah, that was backed by the Republic because 
because the Republic's army wasn't willing to engage the First Order. And as for where the First Order comes from, you're not supposed to ask that question because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. God, yes, God forbid that any of this get answered in the movie. On their, on their marketing, because there is, they put out things before the movie came out that kind of helped bridge the gap between Jedi and The Force Awakens. But if you didn't know they were out there, you'd have no idea you were supposed to even look for them. Shouldn't have. For, yep. For, for example, Shouldn't a novel have. I just got finished, a novel I just got finished reading, um, Aftermath, actually is one of the ones that bridges the gap, and it kind of explains what's going on to a point. Like, it, it, the way it just tells the story is that the Republic and the First Order are technically at peace with each other, big quotations, and so the Resistance is kind of like, they're like, like the shadow army of the Republic. They're not technically aligned with them, but they're not stopping them either. It's kind of like, I'm guessing they're trying to do some kind of um, Russia-America situation, Cold War, and they just really didn't do a good job of explaining that to the audience, like, at all. I don't yeah. think they put that much thought into it. I think Nick is probably <laughs> closer to the truth, but uh, I think the fact that they never even made any effort to explain is, is I don't know whether to call it lazy or insulting. But uh, prob- probably more lazy. I, we'll call it lazy. <laughs> I would say I think it's, you know, I think they should have left some mystery into what happened between Episode 7, or I'm sorry, Episode 6 and 7. Like, there should be, some, obviously there's some considerable time that's passed. There should be some mystery, but I think they left too much mystery into it. Like, I you know, there. I guess there's not much that needed to be explained between three and four, episode three and four. Obviously, uh, I don't know if it's the same amount of time. I think it was like 20 years. I want to say yeah, to pass between then. 20 years as opposed to 30. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but but I guess really nothing of interest had happened between then. But from what you even hear between what had passed between six and seven, you know, Luke had trained. A, he was training a whole new order. Uh, you know, hell, Leia and Han had a son. I mean, all these things happened, but you really get no kind of. You just kind of hear about it, but there's more that should have been explained especially like you guys are saying kind of tying it back to the first the first order there should have been a little bit more exposition on that yeah because it just it didn't make sense although I really like how the stormtroopers look in the first order I thought that was a pretty yes, good redesign I agree okay oh, yeah, all right we gotta we gotta roll with cast we gotta roll with cast because we we need to there's so many stinking people in this movie <laughs> uh so John Boyega as Finn I liked Finn I just kind of think they didn't have enough for him. Like, he was established because they thought to themselves, we're going to need a Han Solo-like character after we kill Han Solo. So we need to establish him now so that he can do Han Solo stuff in the second film. I agree. Good actor. Just, again, like I said with my intro, just the the modern humor that he gives, just it feels Mm -hmm. so out of place. Like, it really does. Yeah, it felt like he was a character just designed for us to like. They didn't really have anything for him to do, per se. He was just kind of there to say, Here's a cool guy. He'll be better next time. And then that's I, I it. think I think it's more along the lines of they went very far out of their way to make him an everyman, the identifiable person to kind of carry the uh, the crowd along. Because um, yeah. really, if it, to kind of touch on some other characters, there's a lot of like they took elements of Han, Luke, and Leia and kind of mixed them up in people uh, for yeah. this movie uh, to yeah. the point where I kind of looked at Ray and thought she was all three of them at once. Uh, <laughs> a little bit and didn't need anybody else. Yeah, a little bit she was. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you got you got Poe Dameron, who's supposed to be like the crack pilot, but I mean, Ray's That's apparently an awesome pilot already, anyway. So 
Now, I, I get why she would, like, know how the Falcon works, because she spent basically her entire life scavenging parts off of ships, so she's probably learned a thing or two about construction. But I don't get why she's such a good pilot, because all she's ever driven around, as far as I know, is that little speeder bike that she has. Yeah, that was, th- that, that was uh, speaking of suspension of disbelief, for me, that one was a, a bridge too far. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, uh, Finn in particular, uh, uh, as a the performance was fine from from my opinion. I really think pretty much all the performances were fine. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, the the concept of a stormtrooper turning interesting. The concept of a stormtrooper turning that fast on his first combat assignment is weird. Yeah, it was. Right. That, that's another one of those conveniences that came up. Yeah, it, it, it most it, it was in fact was so like abrupt that most people presumed that he was the one who suddenly became force aware because yeah. that was about the only jump people were able to make in their head. To why would a stormtrooper suddenly just desert like that? Like unless he suddenly became force aware and was able to sense what he was doing. Yeah, it but, felt like an entire movie's arc within like a first ten minutes. Well, I, I, mm-hmm. I think that's also the cultural influence of Space Hulu. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on, we we got we got to keep going here. Daisy Ridley played Ray. Um, can we just go ahead and call her Ray Skywalker because we know that's coming like a freight train in the next movies, yes. right? Well, like, yeah. Oh yeah. It feels like it, but I got a suspicion that the big drop in the next movie is going to be she was actually Kylo Ren's brother, uh, sister. They were brother and sister. See, I I thought so too. Except you would you would have thought like Han and Leia would have mentioned something about that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd think so, but, I mean, <laughs> Leia also said she always knew that Luke was her brother. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, so, I I don't know, I have nothing really bad to say about I actually quite liked Rey. Uh, I don't mind that she turns out to be the one who had the Force Awakened in her. Um, I think she's fine. I like seeing her walk around with a blaster and a lightsaber. I think that's long overdue. Uh, we haven't seen that in a few movies, and that's the intelligent way to go about doing things. <laughs> I liked her fight scenes. I liked her as a character. I don't know. I, the thing is, she didn't really stand out in that because she's in a movie that didn't really give her a full chance to stand out you know she I just don't want to have to wait another two movies for everything that she did in this movie to make sense. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's my biggest problem. With yeah, it. I mean, plus, I, I, I want to know more about her story, and we've intentionally had it left mysterious for us. Like, she, there's obviously something really interesting going on with her. Uh, it seems like that would have been a fun movie if we had seen that. Like, don't... Star Wars has this problem, and the the, the prequels had it much worse than this does. But we, the, you, you hear the remnants of something that would have been a really, really cool story to see, and then they just move on with it. That's that's what Ray's story kind of felt like. like oh, something like something really cool with your but background can, story. Can I can I interject something though? Well, I agree. I think sure. her acting was fine, but if we can talk about the lore, the story about her for a minute. So mm-hmm. she's she's waiting for her quote unquote family to come back for her, right? And we, yes. you yeah. see her when she comes back. She's marking on the wall. You know how many days it's been, and you see this wall is filled. And you you weren't she went from a child to being who knows eighteen or however old she is now. So years and years, decades. It least right and then yeah. she warns she hears from Maz you know the people that uh, left you behind they're never coming back you have to realize that and she does how do you not realize that how do you keep going on I, I don't know maybe it's it's some kind of childhood trauma that you just can't accept the fact that they're never coming back like I, I don't know I just found that a little weird I mean, it could be. I, I it, it did feel a little off, and she's all like, no, I have to get back to Jakku. Is that the name of right, the planet? Right. Yeah. 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 
I mean, it did seem a really, really forced how like she was in this like re- horrible existence in Raku as a as a as basically a scavenger. But and she, you know, she's like, I I have to go back there just in yeah, case. Yeah, again, she so. she port- the acting was fine. She portrayed that role fine, but it just it seemed. A, and again, I don't I don't know. I've never been through some kind of childhood trauma like that, so I don't know. Maybe you, you hold on to something that you know isn't true. For it just it felt weird that you yeah. you've been counting for so long. I don't even know how you still have space on that wall to keep marking. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It felt weird, but yeah. Otherwise, I think the acting was fine. She did the character a good job. Yeah, she was. I mean, she was fine. And and well, if the next movie basically just focuses almost exclusively on Ray and Finn, I'll be okay with that. They, I like these characters. You can go ahead and make movies about them now. You have my permission, Disney and J.J. <laughs> Abrams. So when you listen to Hero Talk to find out if you have permission to go ahead with the other two movies, well, uh, you have you officially have my permission. But just because we aside, speak for all the fans, we do. Just a quick aside: Abrams isn't on the next uh, on episode eight, right? Oh, what? Is he? Well, he's I not directing I, it. Or no, he's not directing. Not directing. He, it. I, I, heard, I, I thought I saw an article said he kind of like gave his okay to the the script of eight, but yeah, he's not actually directing. Oh, it. all right. Well. What do I know? All right. <laughs> I guess we found out what you know. Okay. Uh, let's see. Poe Dameron was played by Oscar Isaac. I, I actually kind of like the Poe and Finn relationship, even though it, they seem like they went to, like, real good bro friends and, like, about four minutes of interaction with each Not other. Not even. But, but, yeah, but I still liked it for some reason, so it I, I guess mission accomplished. But that's it. I mean, other than that, he's just... Right, he's, there's nothing else to I'm, say about him. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they didn't focus too much on him because it's like, I really feel like he probably wouldn't have brought a whole awful lot to the... The movie is just being, you know, cocky but humble pilot guy. No, and and they do portray him as the best pilot in the uh, the resistance. I think they do a pretty good job of that. The escape scene and then the infamous, uh, yeah. uh, you know, scene, the uh, atmosphere battle where he takes down however many Tie fighters in that one single shot. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was like whoever scene. put that together. That was that was pretty that was pretty sweet. All right, so um, I'm kind of done with the new. Unless anybody's got somebody that we want to talk about. Does Max von uh, I guess we count we as new. Who? He showed up and said some things. He's the most experienced actor and had, like, nothing to do in the movie. Oh, sorry. Uh, who was that? Max von Sydow? Yeah, he was yeah. completely wasted. Absolutely oh, wasted. Now, who was he? He, he was, was the, the guy that uh, they, that uh, Pau Dameron picked up the map from at the beginning. Oh, was he from the original trilogy? No. Nope. I kept I kept getting the feeling like I was supposed to have known him from somewhere. No, he's... Uh, yeah, he's, that's kind of uh, the feeling that that scene engenders. He's a yeah. guy yeah, that uh, you would think that he would be uh, have been got for the same reason that they got Peter Cushing or Alec Guinness or uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Saruman. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? An older actor yeah. who has a lot of gravitas, right. who brings something to it, and then they use them for like 30 seconds. Like, just yeah. really curious choice. I mean, he yes. was one of the ones that everyone pointed out in the early casting stuff as, oh, that that could be interesting. What's he doing? Got to be a villain, though. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. he's not doing much. Um, I guess we, we also need to talk about uh, Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma. Captain Fantastic uh, Marketing? Yeah, Captain I who? really thought Captain Phasma was going to have more to do in this. You given mean anything to do? Yeah, yeah her home. Hallmark ornament was like the get this year. Like that was the one they kept behind the the counter in the case that you had to pre-order and get your name on the list to buy. Uh, and in previous years, that's been like Tom Brady and Elsa. So <laughs> just just to give you the idea of how high up that she was. And yet you watch the movie, and she basically uh, she was kind of shows up once. Flaw. Yeah, she shows up once. Yeah. She talks to Finn, and then and this, you know what? When they're trying to take down the shield, and they just point a gun at her, and she's like, I'll just take it down, but my people will get you. Like, hang on there, Captain Phasma. How about you just don't take down the shield? Right. And speaking of the shield, Han, why don't you tell everybody your light speed trick? I'm sure those X-Wings can pull up a lot better than the Millennium Falcon <laughs> can. 
Stop on a dime. This seems like a pretty uh pretty nifty little trick you ought to tell people about. All right, so now we're on to the old uh so Harrison Ford comes back as Han Solo and then he dies. Spoiler uh, alert. He's been wanting to kill this character for some thirty odd years, so I guess he finally got his wish. Yep, so uh on a on a catwalk that didn't have a railing for whatever reason. It did at the beginning, just not towards the center. Right. <laughs> there's there's no reason for there not to be a full railing is, on that. Is walking. anyone out there actually like under the impression that anyone had a choice in his character being killed off? I mean, everyone everyone's on board with the fact that Harrison Ford forced their hand, right? Like the, that. Oh yeah. Of- Harrison was like, "I'm not going to do any more of these, so you better kill off." Han. Well, yeah. here, Jeff, let me let me pose an interesting question to you. As probably the biggest fan here, would you would you rather him be in the film at all in this capacity? No, no I would rather him not be in the film because I would not. I don't want Harrison Ford to get his way. He's a grumpy old jerk, and okay, fair, that was the fair. thing. That was the thing that pissed me off the most is that he is the, like his character dying. If it made it, if it made any sense. Or there was any value to it, it would be fine. But what pisses me off the most is that he got way out of all this. Uh, I would rather them have just written him out off and said, "Sorry, Harrison, we're not going to give you your bazillion dollars to, to get your way." Uh, he didn't. He didn't want to be there. His foreman echoed that. Um, yep. I, I got about thirty seconds of of joy of seeing the character back until I realized Han Solo has died a long time ago, and this this is neither the man nor the actor that he was years ago, and this is a way of everybody's time. Yeah, no one well, else had a choice, so don't get mad. <laughs> don't get mad if you don't want, didn't want him to die, folks, because uh, that was always going to happen. I, Honest I, to God, I, it reminded I, me way too much of his turn when he did the fourth Indiana Jones movie. It felt like he was going back to a character that he didn't want to play anymore, but screw it, the money was too good to say no. Yep. I, I need another vintage Mustang. I crashed I crashed one in, in, a, in a golf course in California. I, I need another plane, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have another go around. I thought the acting was passable for him up, you know, as a as an aged Han Solo, but the death scene is another thing entirely. I, you know, Greg, I don't know if you wanted to save that until later, but nope, I did not. <laughs> Since that's, I mean, that's got to be the big spoiler that everybody was trying to save everyone from not discovering, right? Is that Han Solo dies in the movie? Yeah, You're talking I mean, a sentimentality yeah. free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that well, it didn't I, help. They I just, telegraphed it from like a mile away. Anyone watching that movie who didn't see it coming at least a minute early wasn't paying attention. I walked into the movie figuring Han probably wasn't going to live. I mean, honestly, like I, I just thought, like, well, they got Harry Ford back. He's probably trying to kill I, I him. Han Solo. Felt yeah. See, um, I I didn't think his death really. It, it they tried to make it have gravity. They kind of like people described in their movie theaters like there were gasps. And in my theater, uh, I guess we were all cool. Or I saw it about a week after it came out, so probably everyone in that theater was on their second viewing. But nobody gasped. Everyone's like, yeah. And in both viewings, nobody gasped. Nobody gasped either. It, it didn't happen. Yeah. I, I but, think I another mean, one of the reasons they tried to do that was to give a, a, a mentor gets killed moment like with Obi-Wan. Yeah, although... Uh, but he wasn't, that's, that's the yeah. problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, in general, for Han Solo, uh, not to knock Harrison Ford, because he's a lot more rich than I am, <laughs> but I I had a really hard time seeing Han Solo in his performance. I, I mean, and I think to the, to the most part, a lot of us have kind of gone to that point. Like, it was, you, you saw a little bit of Han Solo, but you, you kind of basically just saw old, bitter Harrison Ford. 
Mostly, yeah. Um, yeah. And, oh, and why why do he name his son Ben? Like yeah. Luke naming his son Ben, that makes sense. Right. But but Han Solo didn't really have any special relationship with Ben. He thought he was a crazy old religious fanatic. <laughs> and maybe, so, maybe it was Leia's choice. Yeah. But then yeah. Leia knew him as Obi Wan. You know, help me, Obi Wan. You're my she only. She recognized Ben Kenobi right off. I I just thought I I I mean I understand they can't say Anakin because they can't do anything that's even remotely related to the previous expanded universe or whatever they're calling the expanded universe now. But I kind of was hoping for a name better than. Well, see, his full name has been there, done that, but you know. Boom! Oh, wow. there it is. Out of the there park. There it is. And we can we can end right. the podcast now. <laughs> and like we're out. All right, no. Uh so Mark Hamill came back as Luke Skywalker. Um didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. I now I mean the thing is is I see him and it's like, "Oh, look, the trickster grew a beard." You know. <laughs> I, I know the guy from The Flash, you know, like that's where I kind of have seen him the most often and the most recent. And Mark Hamill didn't really age in a way that looks like old Mark Hamill. He just kind of looks he's a different dude now. Well, when you say that, you you mean he doesn't look like an old or an aged Skywalker or just he doesn't look like an aged Skywalker, right. basically. Yeah. Right. Mark Hamill being an old man with a beard now, which he is, and I've seen him in a bunch of stuff with. Uh, he doesn't look like an old Luke Skywalker. His face is different. And I'm, I'm yeah. sure the accident had something to do with that. And he just the way he aged he just doesn't really look like his younger self anymore so when he's there you're like you don't really you know look like it, Luke I, as cynical as I've been to this point I think within a minute of him with actual dialogue I, I have enough faith of him in him with him as an actor that that he that will be right back to oh, I'm sure he can channel Luke again he's a good actor I mean listen the Joker uh, the trickster particularly with uh, his voice like Jeff said yeah yeah I'm sure he'll do it but it's just when you only see the visual didn't help he needed to have some line at the end there and he didn't and I think that was probably the wrong choice. So yeah, how the way, I would have the way liked... he looked, it felt like he was cosplaying Alec Guinness. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. That's true. So can we even grade his acting? I don't, I don't know. Really... Uh, no, we can't. No, there, I mean, he no. stood there. There was no acting. <laughs> he's got, he's got a thousand yard stare, man. Right. All I was yeah. saying, I, mean, I, I really like... would have liked him to have said something like, "It's time," or like, Any... "I guess it's time." So you train... come or something. The force yeah, has so awakened. Or, yeah, something. Like, See, my thing was, we're back, I baby. felt your presence, Ray. Something like right. that. You know. Yeah. My my whole thing was one. I think they should have ended if they were going to go with that scene. They should have ended it before the whole wide panning shot they should have just ended it on his face oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I'm immediately calling for a special cut of this movie that does not have that helicopter the shot, helicopter shot. Yeah. but even as so, long as we're I doing that can we cut the scroll at the beginning sooner because that that really goes on way too yeah long. I think they should yeah, have ended just... it when uh when Ray goes off and then you see everyone waving from the you know from the it's like look she's going off to find Luke end it there that would have been I think that so would like been... Empire make it like Empire where this Falcon goes off yeah. and then the credits at, at when everyone can we point out the oddity of there being a map to Luke Skywalker? <laughs> yeah. Can, uh, they needed like, Did that seem odd to everybody else? Have like, a yeah, there's a map to Luke. How is there a map to Luke? And how does this droid have part of a map to Luke that you don't recognize? Right, and, and I understand that, that uh, you know, never current human technology has only come so far, and uh, that's only a piece of the map, but I have to figure they could determine where one of those suns were, what one of those planets were, and a quadrant to start looking in, you know? Like I, I was worried that we were I could take a, a picture a, of a house and Google can tell me what address it is. So <laughs> I was worried we were going to get a uh, lost planet have you uh, line. 
<laughs> I, I was really worried they were going to go there. Yeah, I feel like they should have made it where it was too encrypted to be read until you had the whole thing. That would have at least made it have some sense as to why they couldn't find him earlier. But it was a map. But otherwise, I'm... it's just like, why couldn't you just, I don't know, pick a quadrant that looks similar? Yeah, it uh, it, it was it was done. It was really kind of heavy on the MacGuffin. Right. Yeah, but anyway, another one of those characters. Yeah. All right, so I uh, I guess we got to move on to Carrie Fisher now. Does anybody really want to talk about Carrie Fisher? I'd not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, Carrie loved you. I'm glad you're clean. Moving on. All right, so let's talk about the story. I'm going to say it one more time because I don't think we quite got that in there. The the opening scrawl that goes on way too long. Mm-hmm. I I know they've done that every movie, but like seriously, it's it's 2015 now. Um, when it goes way off in the distance, you can't even read it anymore. It's time to start the movie. Oh, so don't you, make me sit there, keep looking at those shot. little yellow letters flying off. So into you're the, not necessarily you know. saying the the context of what is being told, just how long the actual yeah, just how long they stay on the screen. Like okay, once gotcha. once you presume I've read them, now it's now it's time to cut to the start of the movie. These dang millennials and their time attention, or their attention span, they can't they can't sit for this kind of time. Yeah, I'm like. Time is money. Like, it went on a little too long in A New Hope, and now we have to sit through the whole thing every single time. You were lucky to get well, Greg in the theater in at all. Don't push it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this one in particular just seemed like it went a little bit longer even than usual. You have to expect to see the space balls pop in. Everybody's got that? I, it was in going. my head, Goose. It was in my head. I'm like, are they going to show it? Because <laughs> they were on it long enough for that to happen. So all it should have said is, Luke Skywalker has disappeared. That's it. One sentence. One line sentence. <laughs> I mean, that's all, that's all you actually really need. To be perfectly honest, that's that's Luke Skywalker disappeared, but he left a map. But then, how would we know who that the First Order is bad? Yeah, okay, just, yeah, just have the text. They looked exactly the like the Empire. Just, they were basically the Empire. Yeah, just have the text say, we all know what we're here for. Let's start the film. Yeah, so, all right, listen. So the Empire is now called the First Order, but they still got stormtroopers. Uh, I guess Kylo Ren's the new bad guy. Uh, we're looking for the map to Luke. Everybody got you know, that? Oh, they're building a new Death Star. Uh, everybody caught up now? Can we go? Yeah, I mean, after Hux gave the best damn Star Wars Hitler impression ever, I'm pretty sure everybody got the point that they were the bad guys. Oh, uh, Hux, we, we forgot to do Hux. Oh, yeah, we, did. we, we didn't do Hux or Mass. Hux was uh, Dom Null Gleason. I didn't like Hux. I, uh, as a, as a, he looked too young and fresh-faced, but I feel like the, the speech he gave was, I mean, he put his all into that speech, and it felt convincing, but then you see the face that's delivering that speech, and it, yeah. it Hux, didn't feel the... Yeah, it, it felt... the embodiment of one of the biggest fears that I had going into this movie with J.J. Abrams attached to it is J.J.'s obsession with you. Uh, and there were so many strange background cast choice. Well, I, I just I can't take seriously the Empire first over whatever the hell it is when the, the operator from the AT and T commercials is running the con in the base and she's like 21 years old. Uh, it just doesn't work. Uh, the the Empire needs to look a particular way for it to be believable. Older officers, old white officers, older officers, officers with nondescript blue and red buttons on their chests. That's what I need. Yeah, well, I, I don't mean. To I don't mean to besmirch the actor, but yes, you. But do. I'm sorry, yes, Hux. You do. Those of us who watch the Harry Potter franchise remember you as Bill Weasley. We're not taking you seriously as the leader of an empire. I'm sorry. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Oh, yeah. no, he said those of us who saw those movies, which doesn't include Greg or me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, you got you've got a main villain who doesn't work, and then you've got your side villain who's undermining the main villain who also doesn't work. So who are we supposed to be intimidated by in this film? I the, the bigger bad. I think BB-8 is going to be the present. secret villain this whole time. <laughs> 
We're intimidated by the writer. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we got to talk about Maz Kanata because I, I actually thought uh, so the the actress's name. Oh no. Um, Lupita Nyong'o. I really hope that's right. I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, a hero talk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much of it her motion capture went into it, but she at least made me not overly concerned with the fact that it was a CGI character. Um, and I, I guess, how long is this? She, they say she's been around for at least a thousand years. Would she like go back to like Knights of the Old Republic time? That was five thousand. It, it didn't say that she was that old. It said she's been running that watering spot for that long. Right. So she might be older. Because she Make mentioned like I've Yoda. been old enough to see the Sith, and I'm like, well, if you were old enough to see the Sith, I mean, they didn't. Now I don't know too much of the lore because I didn't really finish those games or play them at all, except for maybe five minutes. But uh, didn't the Sith basically go extinct back at the end of that era? Yeah, there was a point at which they decided with the whole rule of two thing, but I couldn't tell you how many thousand years back exactly that happened. Yeah, that was um, only... 2.5 thousand, to be specific. Yes, I am that guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Way to go, Goose. Well, um, at least what he knows is still canon, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Is, is, is The Force Awakens still canon? Or not? No, that's this movie. <laughs> But the question still stands. Uh, the Force Unleashed, is that still canon? As uh, far as I know, it's not. Yeah, I don't allegedly, think so. Allegedly, anything that came before the first movie is still considered canon, but anything after the first movie that isn't a movie or television show is gone. So uh, that that video game and thing that came out in the early 90s, though, that's still there? What was that called? The, the Shadows of the Empire? Yes, as far as I know, that is still technically canon. Yeah, huh. that's in between two movies, so yeah, they brought safe. And with this movie, they brought a lot of references to going back to Knights of the Old Republic. For example, um, the place where we find Luke at the end looks almost exactly like a planet they go to in that game, the original Jedi Temple. So yeah. seeing as that's what he was supposed to be looking for, I'm wondering if they're not going to try to bring in elements from those stories into this one. Yeah, how, about, be, uh, how about ripping off the design of the friggin' villain, for example? I mean, come oh, on. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. He, oh, yeah, he was definitely a Revan cosplayer. There's no doubt about it. So, I, what 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 good would finding the original Jedi Temple do? Like, I, I get that he, he was upset, and so he wants to find the original Jedi Temple maybe to refill. Like, is, do you think there's a scroll there that's like, how to not lose apprentices to the dark side. Well, see, it turned out Yoda was just making fun of him as a ghost, so he said, oh, screw you, and left. <laughs> Do you think we'll get to see Ghost Yoda at some point? Yeah, part of me really hopes so. I mean, I, I really don't want to see Ghost Vader because I'm afraid it's going to be Hayden Christensen. Um, but I would I would be okay with Ghost Yoda, I think. Here's a question. Would you be okay with Ghost Obi-Wan if it's played by Ewan McGregor? Probably, actually. Yes. Mm. I think he's a fine actor. I mean, you can't get Alec Guinness to do it, so. Yeah, I, I, could, do, I could live with that, although <laughs> why they would do it, I can't That's imagine. That's a scary idea. Some kind of CGI Alec Guinness they put in there. That would be scary. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Now, here's a weird one. What if Luke was communing with Ghost Qui-Gon Jinn. No. No? no. Really? Because now I kibosh. want that more than it. No. I veto your kibosh. I double stamp your triple stamp. Kibosh, Jin. All right. Um, here's a couple of other things we need to talk about. Uh, I think we've kind of hit the story or whatever it was. I, I There was definitely a time when I was watching this movie thinking, like, I have no idea what's going on right now. Was that bit somewhere in the middle? Because there's yes. a bit in the middle that, that, like, stuck out to me where they were just bouncing from basically side to side, and neither side was, like, in those in their own increment, weren't really doing anything. Like, if you added two or three of those swaps together, then, you know, you would have felt some progress before they swapped back. 
And yeah, yeah, I definitely there was this point where I'm like, I, I have no idea what's happening. Like, why I've I've kind of lost everyone's motivation right now. Like, I got girl running through the woods. I got guy who wants to get to the far reaches of the galaxy, but then they don't. Um, I guess I kind of figure out like it's kind of a little odd that the first order and the resistance would both get to that same spot at the same time. Uh, a lot of importance put on the Millennium Falcon, and as long as we're talking Millennium Falcon, it took Finn like 100 times longer to figure out those guns than it did Luke. <laughs> Yeah, and he's the one who's been trained with blaster. Yeah, Finn's been trained, so we're supposed to believe he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Luke just gets down there and like, all right, how does it work? Get the thing between the things and shoot. Got it, and he starts blasting. Finn takes a while to figure it out. Now, granted, he was a stormtrooper, so his aim is a little off. Oh, hey, I I got to I got to point out a couple things here with with that. One, um, the first order troops here, they I think they did a pretty good job of making them look kind of brutal, like when they would just go in and just destroy everything, like when they were you know calling in air support to destroy the the uh, watering hole there yeah. um, but but I do also got to point out even even in the original movies the stormtroopers only really misnamed characters in fact in the first two movies and I'm not counting Jedi in this observation here uh, so in the and in the first two movies it starts with the stormtroopers just killing rebels all over the place so apparently the only thing more pathetic than a stormtrooper is a rebel trooper <laughs> mm, I'm okay with that yeah I, I did pay attention they did shoot a little better and there's one point where Finn like picks up a gun and one handed starts shooting guys and hits them dead on I'm like alright so apparently they've improved shooting school since <laughs> since the return of the Jedi at least but I there was this you, now you remember this part in the watering hole where Finn's got the lightsaber and that like that riot control guy I don't even know why he would be there Everyone else is shooting, and he's got a baton. Yeah, he's got like yeah, a stunt like, ton for her or something. Just, yeah, just he's like, oh. In case you come across a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, now we shall duel. Like, Or just pull out a gun and shoot him. Like, why is everyone just watching that? Yeah. Like, why is nobody taking their shot? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, why the internet has run wild with that guy. <laughs> why didn't they give? Why didn't they give Phasma that scene? That's the question that everyone asks. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I, that should have been Phasma. That would have been. Uh, that's that's way better. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I have a, a small theory that uh, I don't know. I've seen Gwendolyn Christie on Game of Thrones, and and my observation is that she is unfortunately not the most coordinated person. So I mean, if you watch the fight sequence is there she kind of just throws her whole body at people so she might not have been particularly adept at the fight choreography for that sequence. Now the, the, the retort to, to that is that you could just get someone else and put her, put them in yeah. Phasma's armor, and it would be fine. But uh, I don't know. That, yeah. That's about the only know. thing I can come up with to explain that. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna move on from that. Another thing that we need to talk about: Kylo Ren's lightsaber. What do we think? Do we, do we like the things coming off the side? I uh, care very little about that myself. I, I agree with honestly, Nick. I, I don't care. I, honestly, it's of all the things that I that I have an opinion on. <laughs> That's probably like a hundred. I, I really could care less. I, they it's, they have to make stuff look different to sell more toys. They have to color the Tie Fighters different than they did the time around. They have to make the Stormtroopers look a little different. They have to make the lightsabers look a good different. No, it, All right. That's as much thought as I gave it. Well, the whole I, thing I, is I that he like probably made it himself. Right? The blade itself being a little erratic, but yeah. I mean, yeah. as, as for the cross guard things, I mean, at least it got used in a fight. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I agree. We're I think we're supposed to believe that he made it himself, which is why it was not quite a Jedi-ish. But given how many times we've seen Jedi get their hands cut off in these movies, I, I certainly can't fault somebody for finally thinking to themselves, like, huh, maybe I should put some guards on this just in case that situation arises. That was one thing I definitely liked about it, is they gave him a different fighting style. For example, most of the Jedis we've seen using their lightsabers, they fight very much in a, um, like a 
katana. Whereas with him, he's using it like a claymore, so it gave it a different yeah. kind of different kind of movement to it, which I thought actually was something uh, probably the most original thing in the film. Yeah, it, I I liked seeing it. Uh, honestly, I I didn't think I would. It bothered me in all the trailers. In in action, it didn't bother me at all. I in fact, when when actually when he actually stuck the thing in Finn's shoulder, I'm like, ah, oh, that's that's pretty brutal. I'm I'm actually all about this now. So all right. Uh, so the next thing that I wanted to to at least touch on very briefly is so instead of R two D two, we got BB eight. Um, what did we think of BB eight? I actually liked BB eight. BB eight's BB- adorable. Liked him a lot. BB eight is awesome. Yeah. Liked oh yeah, I love BB eight. That was awesome. He was good mm-hmm. all right so i think we're all in agreement that bb8 was the single greatest contribution to star wars lore that the force awakens gave us I don't yes. know how i don't know how they're supposed to explain how everyone knows what he's saying but uh whatever <laughs> yeah i i mean I, I i like it when finn's talking to bb8 and having him to the train like, <laughs> cool man now the fact that you know he was like being like finn came across i think maybe overly cowardly uh, and I think that hurt the character a little bit because, but anyway, anyway, we're talking about BB-8. BB-8's awesome. BB-8 single-handedly BB-8. had the funniest part of the whole movie where, <laughs> where he stuck the, th- the, the lighter up and a thumbs up. All yeah, the thumbs up. Single-handedly the funniest me. part of the movie, and it wasn't even a human line that was yeah. delivered, but. No, that was, that was, that was phenomenal. The, the, also I, I the sequence BB-8. when Ray was flying the Millennium Falcon trying to get away from a couple of TIE fighters, and he was just bouncing around inside trying to steady himself. Right. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Essentially, just like tethers himself to three walls at once, so he's suspended in midair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely had the best humor of the whole movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that you like you don't want to play prequel and like let's not just wheel out three three PO and and R two for this entire movie. So they had to come up with something original, and I think BB eight was just a grand slam. Hey, that uh, was exactly what they wanted to don't accomplish. Don't forget the red arm was original. I mean, I didn't see that coming. That red that red arm was like oh, wow. That was so stupid. Now <laughs> he he had it fixed by the end of the movie, didn't he? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I don't I, know. It, it, it was really subtle in the lighting at the end, but it was still the red one, I think. Oh, That's a story for another time, Greg. No, I don't, I don't actually need to see that story, actually. <laughs> Believe it or not, they actually released a comic book explaining that before oh, the movie came out. No, I, I was, no I'm so disappointed in you Of course right they now. did. Words don't. It's <laughs> an opportunity for a marketing tie-in. I'm pretty sure Disney's going to take it. How do we oh, sell yes. more C-3PO's? He looks the same. I got it. We'll color his arm red. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> Well, one of his arms got a potion for that first decision. place anyway. All right. Or, um, oh, no, it was one of his legs. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So I, just a thing I was thinking about as I'm watching the movie and seeing basically a reuse of all the old ships that the Empire used to use. Why would they still be using? Like, would would nothing have changed in the last thirty years? I mean, this is a brand new thing. They built themselves up. They changed the armor of the stormtroopers. They built a big, giant Death Star. Every all the other ships look the same. Fresh coat of paint. Hey, job. The uh, absolutely not Star Destroyers are, are do look a little different. It's kind of hard to tell because you can't see them. But there's there, there's bits in them that 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 are that are different. Well, bearing in mind, I because I'm not really such a big Star Wars fan. I did not do any of that. Like watch all the old movies to prepare for this. Uh, this was really a last minute decision when I thought to myself specifically. Specifically, thought this to myself. Hey, if I can go see Star Wars sometime and get this recorded, I could probably get some hits on a hero talk. <laughs> that, that, w- that was my decision making. It wasn't like, oh, I ran. I really want to see Star Wars. It was like, oh, I bet I could get a Star Wars hero talk recorded in time to go up by Thursday. So that's that's what happened. Um, so I didn't. I, I guess if there was a subtle change, I I honestly wouldn't have noticed. The last time I've seen the original trilogy was probably over ten years ago. 
Uh, is there anything else anybody wants to talk about about the movie and the plot and the story before we move on to some hero talk staples? Uh, I I might just say I as much as I respect Andy Serkis, I think casting him for the motion capture or even having that character being motion capture was a big mistake. It was very distracting having another gray bald thing uh, done by Andy Serkis in the middle of another mm-hmm. huge movie. The uh, I mean within five minutes people were calling it uh, what. Uh, uh, Gal- uh, what's the name, the joking name that everyone's calling it? Something Space Golem or something like that? Like, yeah. I, I just don't understand why you would use him. Uh, you know, there's there's a million different ways they could have portrayed that character. In fact, I've read that the look of the character was one of the last things they decided on. Why? Yeah, it looks like that. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why have. It looks like they got down to the point, like, all right, we'll just pick one and go with it. Yeah. Like, it, 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 when I saw him, I just thought that looks more like Jonah Hex than the Jonah Hex movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just a really curious and distract choice. Um the only the only stupider casting choice than that was uh, Miles from Lost around the rebel uh confab. That that was just like why throw him in there? Not a good actor. He's not going to lend anything to this scene other than oh, it's that guy from Lost. Uh like that same guy from Heroes that was in that scene too. Yeah, like uh Greg Grunberg, is that right? Uh, I Anybody? think so. Yeah. By the way, that scene in general was terrible. You know, a new hope. Yes. A new hope. Uh, You've got all the senior rebel commanders, military guys, telling all the young pilots, etc., you know, this is how it's going to work. Force Awakens? Uh, We're all just going to have a chat around this thing, and we're just going to throw out ideas, and then we're just going to throw something together. And that's our big plan. But, I mean, like, I mean, the whole thing was dumb. I mean, we've we've talked about it already. They basically sit there and be like, well, these stories always dictate there's a way to blow it up, so just tell us what it is. Like, the actors were just like, all right, just get to the part where we can start the mission at the end. Yeah, the fact that they literally said in a line of dialogue, these things always have one fatal flaw. What is yeah. it? Like, like, you people mm. are self-aware at this point. I know, and, and like, the the idea that, like, they used it, and then, like, well, here's the schematics we were able to find from our spies and what Finn was able to tell us. Like, see, the schematics can't even be the MacGuffin in this film. You, just, you had them already. Why not? Yeah, see, that would that would be my biggest complaint with this the movie, I think, as the whole, is that, you know, even Finn says that he, he was sanitation, which I still don't understand because he was deployed on a mission. How is a stormtrooper sanitation? I, I don't know. That doesn't... I, 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 think, I already I think, answered I this. You're not supposed to think about that part because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, you think, you think stormtroopers can aim their guns. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right, Nick. It, it, it was already answered, but yeah, I mean, it's it was it it was like like Goose said to kind of wrap it all up. It was it was safe. It played really kind of close to home. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it. Yeah, he's oh, he's sanitation. He knows how to bring down the shields. Well, no, he doesn't. I I don't know. I'll leave it at that. And then he says like, let, let, no, Tony's bringing up a good point. Then he, he he they basically get there and he's like, oh, I don't actually know how to bring it up. I just made it up so we could go get Ray. Like, okay, well, first of all, you almost destroyed the entire resistance, jerk. And then, second of all, like, how did you know this thing was the size of a planet? Have you ever seen those people do the math about the the ridiculous notion that they were able to find Princess Leia in A New Hope right away? Now, this thing is now the size of a planet, and they're just presuming that he's going to land down, and that's going to be where they're keeping her. And she even escaped. She managed to just literally cross right in front of them. The the chances of that happening (laughs) are astronomical. That's not how the Force works. (laughs) Exactly. That is not how the Force works. Right. Uh, one one other thing. 
thing I might bring up though. Um, okay. yeah. With the weapon itself, the Star Killer base. I think the scene of it actually being used and how powerful that thing was, and just the, I mean, the scenes were kind of quick, but hell, it destroyed what a planet and five of its moons, and it completely just obliterated I think the. That was uh, supposed up. to be every planet in that star system. Right. I mean, that was a powerful scene. Like it really drove home how I thought that was great. It did traveled across, you know, the galaxy. I thought it was great, but okay, so it sucks up the energy from the sun. So it fired once. You never actually saw it suck the energy from the sun the first time. Right. But then you saw it suck up the second time. Again, the whole suspend your disbelief, but this just drives it to a whole new new level. It seemed They made it seem like you have to suck an entire sun for this thing to fire once. So that planet they blew up, was that supposed to be Coruscant? Yes, originally that was going... J.J. Abrams' idea was to have that be Coruscant and all the planets around it. Kind of like blanking the slate for future projects, and then the higher-ups at Disney were just like, no. Oh, because that would have made sense, right? That they would have just gone right back to where the old... Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah, it would have. All right. Anyway, I'm I'm done I'm done thinking about it. So there was there actually I'm looking over the casting. There was a bunch of people that had uh cameos as stuff in this. Daniel Craig. Um, Daniel Craig, uh what's what's his name? Simon Pegg, Judah Freelander, uh Warwick uh Warwick Davis, staple of Hero Talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't have Hero Talk if it wasn't for Warwick Davis. Yeah. So lots of people. I'm not going to go into who they were cuz I I don't care. Um Sure. Yeah. Okay. We're done. Uh, now is the time on Hero Talk where we talk about what our favorite parts of the movie was. And uh, Tony, I'll start with you. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, but um, I, I really like Poe as a character and how they, you know, established that he really was the best pilot in the uh, Resistance. But as I mentioned before, that scene where he was uh, in atmosphere on uh, what did they ever name that planet with the watering uh, hole? Star Killer. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no. yeah, with the watering hole. They, I'm sure they did. But well, I, yeah, whatever. When it gets attacked and you see him take out, God, at least nine nine TIE fighters in that whole sequence, That I think that was my favorite scene, just establishing him as a character. Yeah, okay. Uh, Nick, let's let's go with you. What, what was your favorite part? Uh, the, uh, you know, a lot of this movie, that when the more time goes by and the more I look back on it, the more everything just kind of blends together. But the, the one thing that, <laughs> uh, that really, uh, you know, strikes out to me is uh, BB-8's little blowtorch thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a very strong contender for me for my favorite part of the movie. Okay, Jeff, how about you? Uh, probably the saber fight, uh, and I have a lot of problems with this it not making a hell of a lot of sense. But I have mm-hmm. to say, visually, very interesting uh, place to have it, and you know, just the look of it was amazing, and the choreography was, as Goose mentioned, if nothing else, a very different saber fight than what we've come to see. Yeah, and uh, I thought the uh, the chest slamming was an interesting <laughs> it was really oh, it, that was uh, I, I don't I don't know whether I liked it or not but it was kind of weird to have him take a pauses in the middle of the fight to I, do stuff I think what that. he was supposed to be doing there was was hitting his own wound from when uh, he got shot with Chewie's bowcaster right it yeah. it, 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 it was like he was supposed to be I, I, I've I've seen some people thinking that what he was doing was like hitting himself in the wound to channel the pain to kind of like either yeah. psych himself up or kind of charge the pain into the dark side and channel it. That's what I got. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of got that he was just trying to sort of take his mind off of it by hitting somewhere else, but hmm. I don't know. You know it, it was, was kind of silly looking. Whatever it was, the meaning issue? wasn't exactly clear on film. Yeah, did anyone else have an issue with the fact that when they were shooting that thing earlier, it was like blowing people up and it hits him and it's just like a regular gunshot wound? I do. Yeah. But I, 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 I think the idea was to, to 
I think that was supposed to be a subtle way to try to make him kind of badass, but it didn't work because it it was more along the lines of all of a sudden this was less effective for no clear reason. Yeah, not to mention he also stopped a bolt earlier in the movie, but he couldn't stop this one. Mm -hmm. yeah. But anyway. A bolt that came from behind him that he stopped, but he wasn't able to, I mean, and when, I don't when give me some explanation. For people and fewer distractions, he was less right, effective. Yeah. And there was no reason for him to even be walking across that, that, that whole open chasm anyway. And you know what? I refuse to believe that in some 30 five years together, Han has never fired the bolt caster before. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that was beyond suspension. I like this thing. Yeah, it's like you've never you've never shot it before. You guys have been on adventures for uh whatever. Anyway, uh Goose, what was your favorite part? My favorite part actually connects to that scene. It was um Chewie's reaction when Han is stabbed. Because they've done mm. some really cornball reactions to death for. But Chewie on the other hand, it felt more it felt like he was upset, but he was also pissed. And he just, whenever he gut shot him, the entire theater I was in cheered. Then he just starts killing stormtroopers and blows the bomb. Like, that was the perfect reaction to that moment. And it actually helped give the scene way more credibility than Harrison did. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. So, now, here's here's something that I may be lost, but in that whole thing where, like, Chewie and Han were setting explosives, what were Finn and Ray supposed to be doing? Couldn't tell you. I don't know. Yeah, all right. So, because uh, all I basically saw them do was just run to the top of that tower were, and then watch Han get shot and then walk away. They were supposed you know? to let the light in so that I guess uh, <laughs> Kylo could have that moment where he's like, "The white side is calling to me again," and then the and then the you know the weapon stops yeah. charging and the dark side you know or the dark envelops the scene and then he's like, "I can finally finish what I needed to do." I, there was some symbolism that they were trying to do there, which I think kind of worked and kind of didn't. But that's otherwise, I don't know. I don't know what, what they were doing up there. All right. So I, I, we're I in think agreement. one of the there main was, things was, was that they needed a convenient reason to be there to see it happen. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, All right. I, I was, All yeah, right. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm done. No, I, okay. I, I was just going to say it's my turn, but you can, you can, we can keep talking about how stupid that was. I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, no. Well, what, what, Greg, what was your favorite scene? <laughs> my favorite scene? Uh, so I was very close to the BB-8 thumbs up, but uh, I, I think my favorite scene, and it wasn't even a really good action scene, but like I said, I just, for whatever reason, I really seemed to like Poe and Finn together. Like, it just worked for me. So when, when Finn sees Poe, uh, at the watering hole, or yeah, right. I think that was the watering hole, right? Right after that battle, and he sees him for the first time, and they see each other, and they're like, "Oh, I thought you died. I thought you died." And they're like, "Oh, here's your jacket. Like, no, keep it. Looks good on you." I like that part. It did that, feel a bit. Uh, tr I, I, the best way I can describe it is it felt true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. given that these characters should not have been able to develop such a close friendship in the ridiculously short time they've known each other, it was a very genuine moment that just really worked for me, and I liked it. I so, suppose to yeah. some extent, I can accept a quick, uh, firm bond forming, considering both of them uh, came out immediately came out of a trauma. Like yeah. you can you can argue about why that was so traumatic for Finn. That didn't make a lot of sense but uh poe had just been very fiercely interrogated and finn they helped each other escape so yeah there's something i mean i'm okay with it and, and so if if poe and finn end up being you know if it's like the poe finn and ray show next next movie i'm okay with that uh yeah. all right so now we got to score this guy i, I so, if you don't mind i got a question for everybody before we get to the right. scores um this is going to sound a bit weird but one of the highlights of the prequel trilogy to me or highlights the highlight the 
the one thing I liked was uh, Ian McDermott's performances, uh, Emperor Palpatine. I think he mm. exuded a ton of charisma in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Does anyone think anyone in this movie had as much charisma as he had in the prequels? No. 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 Oh, hell no. 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 Interesting. I think that's an interesting measuring stick. Yeah. Um, I will also say, Nick kind of brings up a really good point, is that we talk about what good things came out of uh, the, the prequels, and especially episode one. One was Darth Maul, who I like much better as a villain than Kylo Ren, and I, so much so I would have just accepted if he was the villain of this movie somehow. <laughs> Stitched back if, together, Greg? Yeah, my homeboy like, comes out, like the Grand Lord Baldhead comes out and says, I've brought back Darth Maul. I would have been like, all right, I'm, I'm okay with this. Let's roll with it. Yeah, I totally bought it. I don't even care how. He just did it. it it's magic. Whatever. That's how the Force works, apparently. <laughs> Uh, and another thing, hey, that, can, that really, Darth Maul yeah. was able to fight off two powerful Jedi at once and kill one of them. Yeah, mm. uh, I'm not sure if that whole the, the Clone Wars TV show is supposed to be canon because he did come back in that, I think. But then then Disney bought things and they moved it, so I don't know if any of that actually still counts. It might have. I think that was on. Disney. And anytime yeah. I hear about the Clone Wars show, I only think of the uh, the micro series one, the Jenny Tatarovsky one. Yeah, yeah, that was which was good. That was actually very good. Right. It was about. Very and if anyone hasn't seen it, if you want to know why anyone should like General Grievous, watch that. Oh, He's yeah. terrifying in that. It, oh, that was so much better than the movies were. Yeah, and, even and brought him back in place of Kylo Ren, and that could have worked. <laughs> well, let's not go crazy there, Goose. Let's, but then you wouldn't have someone whose robot. name is made up of Skywalker and Solo. Yeah, all right. Um, another thing, another good thing that came out of uh, Episode 1, and I really kind of... is Remember when they had that uh, the Dueling Fates, that the musical score fates. that came out? We didn't really feel like we got a really good new original piece of score for this. It all was reused from no, stuff we've no, seen. Nothing here stood do you up wanna, to the face. Do you want to know what the only piece of music, a new music that I actually noticed and had any effect on me at all, was the sort of very sparse sort of piano music that was playing when Ray was exploring it on her own. It was unusual. I don't know if ill. I'd go so far as to say ill-fitting for Star Wars, but unusual. But I noticed it. I didn't notice any other music the whole time. Yeah. Other than, other than every now and then they'd play something and be like, oh, I remember that from the original trilogy. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I recognize Leia's theme. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's music they used to play. I mean, we didn't even get an Imperial March, uh, because, yeah. and I don't think we will, because it was Vader's theme. Not even when they showed Vader's mask, we don't get to get a little Vader in there. But yeah, it was it really kind of hit me, because, like, man, even the original trilogies produced some decent original music. I mean, the, the, uh, the Dueling... Yeah, Duel of the yeah, Fates, prequels. for example, is mem- yeah. memorable, if nothing else. <laughs> it's extremely memorable. It was very well done. It was good. That People were so amped for this movie because of the Dueling Fates... We didn't know it was going to suck. All right. Now, moving on. All right. Now we got to score it. So I hope you guys have had your thinking caps on. Oh, yeah. I think of fun things to give this movie. Um, Jeff, since you said, oh, yeah, I'm going to start with you. Well, uh, I think even Unkar Plutt would agree with me that this film is worth three dehydrated green bread servings out of five. That bread was weird. <laughs> And I'm a little disappointed you looked up that guy's name. I had to make it work. <laughs> All right, Nick, I'm going to go with you. What, what, what would you score Star Wars The Force Awakens? I would give this movie The Death Star 2. <laughs> All right, you're going to steal mine. Fine, whatever, <laughs> jerk. All right. Goose, what would you score Star Wars Force Awakens? I'm going to give this 9 BB-8 thumbs up out of 10. All right, that's pretty good. Tony, what would you give Star Wars Force Awakens? I would give this movie uh, three Wrath Tars out of the four that Han Solo probably should have captured. 
All right, that's fair. And I'm going to give this movie uh, a lightsaber that's kind of wavy with a couple of jaggy things coming off the side. <laughs> nice. I think, I mean, that's about right, isn't it? Like, you have the original <laughs> lightsabers, and then this one's kind of jaggy, and it's got some extra things coming out the side, but it still does the job. Yep. yep. I think that's a good metaphor. The lightsaber is the perfect metaphor for the film. I suppose I, the I, for the prequels would be a blaster, then. Uh, mm. Yeah. It's just a bomb. Jar- I, w- I think I would give the sequels just Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> There you go. You asked for him, you got him. You so upset the fan base. Yeah. Me so glad I didn't have to see this, Jar Jar. I can't do that. <laughs> I just, I'm just glad I didn't have to see Jar Jar Binks in this or any other, like, I mean, I got to see Chewbacca again, and it's always fun to see Chewbacca, even though, have we not figured out a way to make him look less like a giant hairy suit and more like a person, you know, but like a hairy beast thing? Because it still looks like a guy in a suit to me. I'll give him credit. He has aged remarkably well. He has. He's been around a while. Um, but yeah, he's just, it still looks like a dude in a suit. And I understand you got to make him look like he did in the seventies. But if I can, if I can get on the, the, the scrolling in the beginning of the movie, then I can get on the fact that Chewbacca still looks like a dude in a hair suit. You know, I actually, one thing I noticed, his uh, bandolier actually looks worse now. Really? I did not notice. I, I, I seem to recall in the original movies, everything was like square. It looked whole. And it I don't yeah. know, it might have been a stylistic choice, but there was points where it looked a bit more like um, they were all beat up or, or um, I, I, I caught myself thinking that they looked like they were holding things that were just duct tape wrapped on itself to, to make a package to hold in the bandolier. Well, maybe, man. How much fan service was in that Millennium Falcon, though? Let's be honest. Like, when they find, like, the training <laughs> droid and the, the game turns on, that was a little overdone. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, All right, and that's... No that's cleaned little... this ship in decades. Yeah, I, I, I do got to say, though, I, I, I found it very... Um, there, there was a lot of character in the Millennium Falcon in the sense of uh, they, they really went pretty far in to a, a, what I consider to be a reasonable extent of the thing's fast, but it is kind of a hunk of junk that's always breaking down. Yeah, I mean, it, it made the, the Kessel run in 14 parsecs. Mm. Well! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so much. But I guess Ray's going to be flying it now, so we're going to see it for the rest of the movies. And I guess she's probably going to hang with BB-8 and Chewbacca. I swear, she spent get... half this movie jacking other people's stuff. First she got Poe's droid, then she took Han ship. <laughs> I mean, seriously. She's a scavenger, Goose. That's what she does. And she That's calls Finnessy. Honestly. Yeah. Why did Finn keep taking her hand? Was that awkward for anyone else? I, I think yeah, there that, that, that was a heavy-handed attempt to show that she doesn't need to be cared for. Yeah, a little too heavy-handed. Heavy-handed. Yeah, a little like too that. much. All right. And I think that's where we're going to cut this one off. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on Hero Talk with me. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. All right. Uh, if you have any comments you want to make about our interpretation of Star Wars, you can go ahead and send those emails to pointstreak at enthusiasts.com because <laughs> I don't really want to hear him and Jeff sees the fans, so send it his email. I don't care. Yeah, if you have any praise you want to give us, yeah, any praise, any uh, if you want to tell us about how awesome we are and how brave we are and any other things like that, you can go ahead and email herotalk at enthusiasts.com. <laughs> uh, you can also tell us if you want to be in one of these movies, if you want to request a movie, uh, and Anything except the prequels, we're not going to do those. Uh, for more content, uh, including Point Streak and our new podcast, Behind the Line Radio, uh, you can go to enthusiasts.com, check us out there, uh, including all of our articles, like The Attic, written uh, by Goose and our own Dark Princess. Uh, check us out on Twitter, at Enthusiasts. We're Facebook Enthusiasts. We are uh, YouTube. The channel is Enthusiasts. And we are, what else are we on? I think that's it. Is that everything we're on? Sure. Uh, and as always... I will see you right back here for the next Hero Talk. Okay.
Okay. Um, let me just write down Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. All right. I'm not going to use that, obviously. 